Yo, what's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Witness to This Podcast. This is episode 9. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. And today our guest is Emoris Petty. So some of you may not know Emoris because Emoris is not a parkour athlete. He's actually a BMX athlete. And our story today with him is a little interesting because how we came together, I just happened to bump into this dude while I was hanging out with Daryl one day. Me and Daryl Stingley were chilling at Woodward. We bumped into this guy and from there, there was just an immediate connection. Wasn't sure why. And I spent the next couple of weeks getting to know him more and realizing, oh shoot, like this dude is onto something big and he has a story that needs to be shared. So, you know, we sat down, we agreed to do an interview. I got to know him a little bit. In today's interview, we spoke about why he actually came to camp, how saying yes to opportunities was able to get him ahead. We speak about his personal brand, which is called More Love and the mission behind that. We speak about what it means to be a modern day man. And we really tap and dive in deep on what it means to just get things done. You don't always have to be feeling it. You know, there's something to be said about execution. You know, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether it's easy or hard, just getting it done. Now, before you start listening, I'm going to quickly remind you of the price tag that this podcast cost, and it's not monetary. I ask, I ask that if you're getting value from these podcasts, from these episodes, from these interviews, that you share them with a friend, that you screenshot yourself listening to it, that you tag us on social media, tag witness this, witness this underscore brand. You tag Emoris, it's E-M-O-R-E-S, Petty, P-E-T-Y, and you let us know that you're listening, that you're getting value out of this. I really hope you enjoy this one. I genuinely had such a good time chatting with Emoris and picking his brain and just seeing another man out there doing what I'm trying to do, which is provide value for the rest of the world. So without further ado... I'll let you guys get into it, and I'll catch you on the back end. All right, so what is up, y'all? You're chilling with Marlon Johnson and... Morris Petty. Beautiful. Uh, so, guys, welcome back. You know how this podcast goes. I like to dig deeply into finding out a bit about what's going on with people, what's going on with their intentions, figuring out what goals they're working towards, and all that good stuff. E. Morris is somebody I met here at Woodward this summer. We kind of accidentally crossed paths. And once it happened, it almost seemed like it was meant to happen. I don't know, like before I speak English, I like to tell people I speak energy. And you know what I mean? Your energy was on point. It seemed like we were working on the same mission of sorts. So... You know, like, I kind of want to ask you, what was your original reason for coming out to camp this summer? And since being here, has that reason stayed the same? Has it evolved? You know, what's going on with that? Um, dang, bro, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I had an opportunity to come to camp last summer. I was going to come to Woolworth last summer. Um, I was working a job. 
or in working a job that I was kind of in and out of or stepping into different roles from a full-time basis to like an on-call basis and that hindered me from coming to Woodward. Um, fast forward to this summer, it was like any and everything that could be a hindrance for me being at Woodward, um, I'm going to get rid of it. Um, so when I came out here, I came out here as BMX staff. I came out here thinking, um, I had a couple thoughts. I came out here saying that either I'm going to fall in love with BMX more or I'm going to go back home and continue to just ride and kick it on the weekends um, and hang out with my friends on the bikes. But when I was leaving to come to Woodward, it's funny because like I was packing all my clothes and I was like, I'm going to pack a BMX shirt, so I'm packing Animal, Colt, Kink, you know, all the brands. I'm about to be straight on brand with BMX while I'm at Woodward camp. And I like, I went down to Austin for like a couple days, came back, and I was like, number one, I don't need a bunch of clothes for this trip. Number two, I only want to wear shirts and clothes, or I want to, I want to be intentional, so I want to be good and positive messages. So then I rearranged all my packaging, and like all my shirts are either More Love brand or Be a Good Person brand, like something that says something with intent. Um, because being at camp, especially being on staff, being counselors, instructors, social coordinators, this is the role I'm doing now, um, these kids are looking at us, whether we're the best bikers or parkourers in the world. Is that what you call you guys? Chasers or just parkour athletes. Parkour athletes. All right. Apologize for that. No, it's all good. You know, um, whether I'm the best bike athlete or parkour athlete in the world, these kids are looking up to us. And I felt like, well, if I'm going to go to Camp Woodward, I want to make a positive impact in these kids' lives. Like, I get a chance to now, being an adult, make camp a great experience for kids, even though I never got a chance to come to camp when I was little. I didn't know what the heck to expect coming to Woodward, right? I never been here in my life. I had no expectations. Um, I just knew like I wanted to be a, have a positive impact and like make a difference. Like, yeah, I want to ride my bike and yeah, I want to like be better and I want to learn all these tricks, but that was not my purpose in coming to Woodward. That wasn't my sole purpose. My, you know, my overarching purpose was while I'm there, like have an impact or at least be a light, impact somebody's life, touch somebody, so. Dude, that's, that's really big and I think that's a, I was resonating off of that when I first met you because that's been the same mission I've had coming back to camp. This is my fourth summer and right. I noticed that after summer one, really summer two, I recognized how much time we really get to spend with these kids and how open they are to learning and wanting yeah, to learn and yeah. they're listening and what we say, they take it in that week but they run with it for that year. Yes. And, you know, they were we were doing it on accident when we were speaking to them kind of my first year here. I was talking to kids left and right. You've seen me now yep. at this point. Yep. I talk to just about anybody and everybody. Right. And these kids, I'm giving them advice and just hanging out and circles are forming and yep. we're talking. Yep. And I'm not thinking anything of it my first year. Year number two, kids are coming back to me and saying, like, yo, that advice you gave me last year. Like, I've been... I've been doing this all year, oh, and I'm wow. just like, what advice? Like, what, what did I tell you? Like, yeah. I, I can't remember. I can barely remember a week ago. Right. So I'm like, yo, what, did, what advice did I give you? Thankfully, it happened to be good advice, but then that's when it hit me. Like, oh, my God. Like, I was unintentionally just mm. speaking. Mm. What if I got a little intentional? What if I tried yeah. to build you a little bit better? What if I tried to build your mindset? What if I actually try to put something in there that's going to get you where you want to go even faster. Right. You know what I mean? And so I kind of got that vibe that, like, yo, I think he's here 
trying to help these kids build themselves into the people they want to be as well. And that has proven true so far. So um, I'll say one thing. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. And it's just like um, I went to a Christian college. So a small little college in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, bro, like like wheat fields. But um, the basketball coach, Coach Tony, used to always talk about how that, that basketball, that rubber, that round little material will fade away. But like what you do and the impact you have is what's gonna last longer than who you are on the inside. And so that's what I think about too when it comes to BMX. Like I love riding BMX, love being at these skate parks. But bro, that's a piece of metal, that's a bike. It breaks, it bends, it scratches, it tears, it rusts. Um, tires go flat, the whole nine yards. Sooner or later, maybe I won't be able to ride to that level. But what my mind and my heart, what's inside, it can't be taken away. And I think for a lot of these kids, like I, I'm, I'm thankful and it's cool to see how talented, how much work they put in on their craft at the parks, in the streets, like on their craft. But one thing, if anything else, we want to leave them with is like it's bigger than that. It's bigger than your sport. What do you? Your sport is a tool. It's just here today, it may be gone tomorrow. It's how you use it, you know, it's the impact you make. And so even with these kids, one thing that really, really made me, um, one thing that kind of brought light and hope for me this week, uh, I've been kicking with this one kid and he was kind of feeling homesick. Not really wanting to be here. He loved being here. He wanted to go home. He missed his family. He's sticking and strong, but then he's getting emotional. And some other kids that came up to me and was like, yo, this is our lunch buddy. Like, yeah, we, we sit with him at lunch. We kick with him at lunch. You know, trying to lift him up, encourage him on the bike. These are older, a little bit older than him. They're 15, 16. He's 12, 13. But these kids are like, yeah, like, we're, we've seen him kind of dealing with what he's dealing with. Like, we've been kicking with him. We've been holding down for him. That right there is more impactful any day than them kids learning triple backflips. The fact that these kids took their time and was intentional with this other kid who they could tell was struggling throughout the week. Dude, you just hit on something big Show for me because... That, like, I appreciate that. That's when, like, I know what we're doing is working. We're doing a good job. When you start to see your students and the people yes. you're interacting with displaying the behavior that mm -hmm. you would hope to see more of in the world, when you start seeing them take their time to help bring yeah. another person up, that's how you know you've really, you've made an athlete, you've made an impact, you've made a better person. Yeah. Because now it's not just, like you said, that kid throwing triples it's that kid throwing triples helping that kid come learn on. his single come on that's fire right yes. there that's gas and that's what grows this whole machine yeah. that's what keeps this machine going I like and it. i love seeing that and yo know, earlier so you were talking a little bit about more love right. which you know i kind of want to get in a little bit more about i want to hear a okay. little bit more about that you started telling me the other night can you explain what more love is where it came from and what you're hoping to potentially do with it? Yeah, man. Um, so I said something about be a good person brand. Right. right? When I was living in Denver, um, Julian and Darian, these just two young dudes that started a brand, be a good person. Like literally on their shirts, their tags say the most basic concept, be a good person. And uh, their whole their whole thing behind it was like, I just wanted to have a positive impact. So I was really influenced by Be A Good Person brand, Darian and Julian, shout out to y'all guys. Um, I literally will call them and be like, yo, like I'm, I'm having this idea or how do I patent or how, my shirts, my branding, anything like that. And they'll, they'll FaceTime me, they'll call me, they'll answer my calls. And like, at this point, these dudes are like big name, not, they're the, they're the, they're the, 
they're faceless. They're behind the brand, right? But if you're local Denver, you know who they are. Like, like Marshmello, DJ Marshmello, Marshmello yep, Music yep. will be like on stage in front of sixty thousand people, and guess what hoodie or shirt he's wearing? Be a good person, brand, right? Be a good person. And so, um, for them to even just like be intentional about hitting me up and being responsive to me when I'm like reaching out to them and they're dealing with a lot of bigger things is important. Um, it makes me feel super valued and thankful. But with that being said, for me, um, I was living in Colorado. I was working for a suicide prevention organization called Sources of Strength. And we, we traveled high schools, middle schools all over America, but I was living in Denver. And um, I had the flu this one week, came back from having the flu, kind of like jumping back into the world, jumping into social media, you know, TV and, and people. And turns out it was the same week of the Parkland, Florida school shooting that I had no idea about. And so like, I'm like sick and dying already. And then I, I get back into like the reality of the world and every single thing was about this school shooting. 17 kids' uh, lives were taken, plus multiple people injured. And, th and then the other kid that um, I think he was arrested. Don't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was arrested for committing those crimes and those violence, those acts of violence. And for me, I just saw a lot of people talking about the issue. I saw uh, gun reform and Trump and mental illness and bully violence. And, and I saw everybody talking about the kid and his mom and his daddy and who should have, could have, would have did what. That's what the news and that's what media yep. was. And I felt like nobody was talking about the solution. <laughs> um, nobody was talking about how do we even impact that kid before he gets to that crisis moment or tragedy moment where he's picking up a gun saying he's going to shoot people. That kid, I, and I don't know his name, you know, that kid, though, he was around three, four, five, maybe a thousand people for five days a week. If you go into a public school in Florida, yep. Parkland, Florida, looked like a big-ass school. Excuse me for saying like that. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. All right. <laughs> it seemed like a big-ass school, and he's around that many people for five days a week for, you know, nine months, for four years, however long it was he's there. Who was loving on that kid? Who was showing that kid love? Who was inviting him in? Who was... Asking him how he's doing or, or complimenting him, telling him to come to lunch. Who is even just smiling at the kid? I feel like a lot of times we go through our days and we, you know, we hustle, we bustle, we move, we shake, produce. And, and some people go throughout their days and nobody says has even said hello to them that day. You know what I mean? Some people may not step out of their comfort zone, but who are we as people? Uh, what are we doing to, to just love on somebody in the simple ways or the, or the big ways? Maybe it's giving somebody $100,000 if you got it, and that's going to show them lots of love and help them out of debt, right? And maybe it's holding the door up or grabbing some trash for somebody who, who got their hands full um, or smiling at somebody. Those are little small things I feel like we can do to show love. So with that being said, to get back on point, um, I saw that the Parkland, Florida school shooting had happened. All the news, all the media, everything was negative, talking about the issue, not the solution. So I at that point, I was... Um, get really intentional with my YouTube channel and I was like, yo, I'm going to go put something out in the digital space that's positive. So I, I talked about spreading more love. Talked about loving on people and impacting people before crisis, before tragedy, so we're not having to deal with the pick-me-up behind it, right? Not reactive, but proactive. Um, and on the title, I just put hashtag more love, or like on the screenshot. And I took that and I hit my friend up and I was like, yo, like, um, design something for me around more love. I wanted to have a heart during the, at the O, like a love. And I wanted it to be something super simple, not that's something I got from Be A Good Person brand. Bro, everywhere in Colorado, everywhere in Denver, and not to mention like, you know, how they've blown up all over the place. I wear their shirts and I wore a Be A Good Person brand shirt in uh, 
Fort, what is it, uh, in <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this kid at the skate park comes up to me and says, oh, I know that brand. I know those dudes. Yep. They're the Denver. That's positive. I like it, right? And so, like, what the cool thing about Be A Good Person brand is literally you see all their shirts, gear, tights, workout apparel, headbands, bracelet. It literally says in block letters, Be A Good Person. It's not a bunch of crazy concepts and designs and swirls and flashing lights. So I wanted something very similar for More Love. I was like, yo, like, More Love brand. Like, very simple. How do we spread more love? So, you know, I just... I was like, yo, I want something simple, more love with a heart. And he, he wrote me up a logo. I printed a couple shirts. Some people were, like, getting behind it, like, oh, I want one. A lot of people bought some shirts at that point. And then it got to a point where people were like, yo, like, I get it. Like, there's a movement. I want to get behind it. Like, oh, yeah, I want shirts. Oh, I want shirts. I want shirts. All these people commenting and posting and messaging. So I did a big pre-order, um, ordered a bunch of shirts, got a bunch of sizes from people, all this different stuff. Printed out a bunch of shirts for this like for this movement that now people were getting behind, and once I got the shirts and started posting how shirts were in, you know, whenever you're ready, you know, click the link, pay for it, send me money, cash app Venmo, whatever it was, nobody bought a shirt, bro. Yeah, been there. Nobody bought shirts, dog, <laughs> and I was sitting on all these shirts like, more love, baby. You yeah, know, we nah. spread the love. It buys with it till it's time right. to be with it. Until it's time to be with it. All right, um, and then. Couple months later, it got to a point where I was like, you know, I really want to be intentional about this, and and it's and it's powerful, and not that I don't like riding my bike and I'm not trying to do that professionally, but my end goal is not be pro BMXer on somebody's sponsor list and they pay me a paycheck. My end goal is, like I said, BMX is a tool. I want to be the best bike rider. I want to be the better than myself every day. I want to learn all these cool tricks, but all of these things are ways are, are tools to impact people's lives, and so. I look at Be A Good Person brand and I saw, well, this is an opportunity to have something bigger than just some t-shirts and gear. Like this can be a whole movement, this can be workshops, this can be speaking events, this can be, um, you know, uh, this can this can be um, going into schools, after school programs, community center type things based around more love. And so um, I got serious with it, made an Instagram account, more love brand, real, real simple. Started taking lots of pictures, started telling the story this story I'm telling you, I started telling the story of why I even was doing the More Love Brand, why I started it, and the reasons behind, and what was keeping me going. And at that point is when other people, it went from like, oh, cool concept, cool idea, to like, oh, no, like, it hit, you could tell. Yeah, it, it resonates. Pulls, it resonates. Yeah. It like, pulls the, the, the heart where it matters the most. And so, um, got a couple different designs, started switching up, do like the chest logo, the box it's logo, fire. the big logo, you know. And different colors and whatnot. And at that point, like I said, people were like really getting it. And so um, I don't know. I don't have it figured out. I don't like you say what's the end goal. End goal is workshops. I have cool opportunity to, to come in and do speaking events at this at a, at a couple of schools in, in Fort Worth when I get back. Um, super thankful for Sources of Strength in the Last Job, um, Suicide Prevention, but more than anything, wellness programs. We did health and wellness, games, activities with kids, workshops all over America. So I learned a lot on programming, keeping kids active, engaging, and actually like uh, learning in a in an environment in a school environment that was a traditional school. And so um, I'm really really looking forward to opportunities when I get back to Fort Worth to be speaking and working with different kids, all based around more love brand. Use that as foundation. Um, you know, I have a couple principals that are like, oh, well, how much does shirts cost? Can we get shirts for our whole campus? We need more love in our school systems. You know, and so um, the end goal is, is to build, is to, to be able to impact people on a larger scale. 
the end of the day, I just may sound a little crazy to some people, but I, I think about like a Nobel Peace Prize, bro. Like, like, what does it look like that that more love brand and and gear or workshops or people who have come and been impacted by more love brand workshops or gear or conversations or online social media presence then continue to spread more love in the name of more love and spread more love in the name of more love and spread more love to the point to where people say like the world is a better place because of more love. You feel me? Dude, I feel like, Girl, you're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> I feel you, man. Like, <laughs> I swear, like, because you're talking about a movement here Seriously. and you're talking about Seriously. building a platform, not right. just building a brand, but building something that people can use, yeah. that you can use to spread a message, spread right. an idea, and get people taking action, action on it. You know, it's like it's not just something we talk about, we feel good for a day, right. but this is something that changes how we live. It changes yes. our habits. It yeah. changes the way we see the world and yes. how we interact with one another. And you're doing it by living it. You're not just talking about it, but, you know, you're out here, like, as you're speaking, I feel it. I'm like, oh, dang, like, this dude, he's really about it. And for the last three, four weeks, I've been seeing you be about it. I've been seeing the way you interact with the children and the adults, that you treat everybody as an individual. You give each person that time. You know, since you've been here, you've come as BMX staff. And, you know, a few weeks ago, they actually took notice of you and requested, asked you to come up as, you know, leadership staff and be a part of SoCo, which is, you know, those are some of the most important people here at Woodward. You're one of the few that when kids start to break down emotionally, mentally, when they're homesick, when they don't know what to do and they're really, they don't have a direction, you're the person they go to see. Right. You are right. their guiding light at camp. <laughs> and that's a draining job. You know, you're dealing with individuals who are just like at rock bottom and these are strangers to you. Right. You don't know their history and yet you're able to show them the light. You're able to pull them out of the darkness so they can capitalize on this opportunity that they wanted, that they've been wishing for, and they could see that, okay, like, when I fall down, what do I do? I get back up. Get back There's up. somebody out there that cares. Like, yeah, you know, I thought mom yeah. and dad were the only people that cared, and now I'm away from them, and it feels like I'm alone, and here's this big dude named <laughs> Morris who I don't know, and he seems a little scary, but wait, no, like, he's smiling at me, and dang, he's... I'll be forgetting I'm, like, 6'2". Dude, you, you a big dude. You got, you got stature. But, you know, like, you come up to them, and you greet them, and right. your energy is right. right. You know, like, and that's important for them. They're feeling that they get comfortable with you real quick. And they'll still be uncomfortable with other people. But you know what? Now they got a friend here. Right. His name's E. Morris. And right. he's been showing me around. He's been he's been showing me the love that I've been missing. You know, like, this is my first time away from people that I know that care yes. about me. And now I'm feeling comfortable again because I'm feeling that energy again. And those kids are getting that. The staff is getting that, you know. So when you say... You want to build more love to the point where you could go speak to schools where it's taking you to Nobel Peace Prize status. I don't find that crazy. Like, I think that's the way it should because you're building to the place where you need to dream. You know what I mean? Like, you're not dreaming small by any means. And that's the thing that's going to allow you to continue to evolve. And that's going to allow more love to really, truly spread and it not just be a local community thing, right. but a worldwide 
human thing. Right. And that's right. big, man. Like, I'm happy to hear you say that. Well, thank you. Dude, thank no, you. man. Like, thank <laughs> you, bro. Like, and the shirts uh, are fire. You know, best believe I'm getting one of those before you leave. You. I'm getting one. I'm, I'm going to place up. I'm going to get the homie to send out, like, like, at least maybe 10 or so in the next, like, day. So it's here by week 12 at later. So try to get out all the homies who are here who want to support into, a, into some gear. For Heck, sure. yeah. So one thing you said that really resonated that I liked big was you spoke about, you know, right now your medium is BMX. Right. You know, you get on the bike, but at the end of the day, it's just a piece of metal. The skills don't really mean anything. And I say that a lot with parkour where I tell the guys like, yo, dude, like honestly, the movement's irrelevant. You know, I've been here for the last 12 weeks. I've trained maybe seven or eight times because I believe in working on what's up here, working on your mindset, working on how you think. Because eventually, like you said, when the body does start to give out and it doesn't want to train anymore, it doesn't want to ride anymore, what's gonna put it back together? What's going to be the thing that when you're not riding that gets you through the hard times, that gets you to your other goals? Because believe it or not, kids, like yep. you might not want to be a pro athlete forever. There's going to be a life after the sport. Right. And right. what's going to get you to achieve those goals if you feel all you ever worked on were just the tricks? Like, nah, man, like the tricks are teaching you those skills that are built up here. It's teaching you discipline. It's teaching you perseverance. It's teaching you how to overcome obstacle. It's teaching you how to turn being afraid into being excited, how to step into the unknown. So that's fire. I'm happy that you you said that. And I feel like I had to spark something with you when I said that. Yeah, man. Because stepping into the unknown, it's big. You know, a lot of us, we're so afraid of making mistakes and we want to perfect it before we start it we end up never starting it because perfection it's an illusion it doesn't truly exist so those of us that are willing to make ourselves vulnerable put ourselves out there and make the mistakes we end up learning that much faster we're able to excel past our peers you know like you just said with more love in the beginning you put those shirts out and when it came time (laughs) You know what I mean? People were all about it until you needed them to be about it. And, you know what I mean? But you didn't quit. You said, all right, let me reevaluate this. Let me figure out something else. Like, it truly resonates with you. So this is a part of your core beliefs. You're going to keep pushing it. You're not just backing down after the first knockout. Right, right. You know? At this point, this is... uh, It's funny because I think about that sometimes. Like, am I really building a brand right now? Am I really... Are you really about this movement? Well, at this point, there ain't no backing up. Number one, you've started it. Number two, like, if you could be anything professionally or be you, like, no hindrances, no expectations from anybody, what would you be? I would be the guy spreading more love. So, so like, so you're, let's do it. You know what I mean? And let's be intentional about it. And so, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's super... Um, the ambiguity, that's the word when you said step into the unknown. The ambiguity, like the the the, the black hole of it all, the where is this going of it, like you, you can't have it all figured out. And as much as we want to have it all figured out, we think we got it all figured out, uh, at times got it all figured out, it's, it's really stepping in and just adjusting as we go and then being flexible and um, what's the word? Flexible and... Um, 
being able to adjust, adapt. Right, adapt. adapt. I knew adaptation. you were going for adaptable. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Adaptation, bro. Yeah. Dude, that's big. And, you know, like something I've heard that I really like an analogy I like is when you know where you want to go, it's a powerful thing. So if you're in New York and you know you want to get to Los Angeles, you know your current location, you put the GPS on for Los Angeles, right. it's the middle of the night, you get into your car, you turn it on, GPS tells you where you are, tells you where you're going. Right. You turn the headlights on, you only see about 100 feet in front of you. That's all you ever get to see. Wow. You got to start driving and you don't need to see the entire path before you start going. If there's a pothole on the way, you go out of it. There's a detour, right. you turn where you got to right. turn. But you're only ever going to see about 100 feet ahead of you. You know, you're talking about where you currently are, and then you're talking about a destination of Nobel Peace Prize. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's New <laughs> York to California, but and I'm sure you can't see the entire path, but right. here you are at Woodward, and you see, all right, well, while I'm here at Woodward, I know I could start helping this individual and right. this individual, right. and I could gain more experience for myself so that later on I'm prepared for the larger opportunities. Right. You know, a lot of people, they want things, but they're not willing to prepare themselves for the things they want. And that is big. When people say, like, oh, like, they look at another individual and they say, dang, I wish I could I do that. I oh, I wish I had. Oh, I wish I had. Like, yeah. no, you don't. You don't know. Because you don't know what that individual sacrificed yeah. to make that happen. Exactly. You're not willing to sacrifice those same things because if you were, you would be doing it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know what's crazy? Um, especially to man, when you said the headlights, seeing only 100 feet in front of you, man. When I tell you, like, I never been to Woodward. I didn't have expectations. Obviously, it's like Woodward video game, Dave Mira, <laughs> like BMX Mecca, you know. Um, but I really didn't have any expectations, man. And in that second week, or the end of my first week, Chris Hayden asked me. If I would be cabin dad, hey, we got a favor to ask you. Last minute, we don't have a dad for the minis. Would you be cabin dad? And I kind of sat there and thought about it like, man, it was some big kid campers here that week. That I was like, yo, I'm going to have these kids in my cabin. It's going to be sick. I was already looking forward to this. Um, he asked me if I would like switch that for the minis. And already I'm like, oh, babysitting duty. You know what I mean? But... I was sitting up there um, and he was like, well, you can think about it. Get back to me later. And I was like, and the... And I told him, I said, um, no, I'll do it. He's like, you sure? You, 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 you positive? Like, you don't have to tell me now. You don't have to answer right now. I was like, no, I'll do it. Because the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, opportunity comes, take advantage of it. Yep. You know, and door knocks, you open it. But even that, do more than what's asked of you. I, I ain't come here for none of this. I, people, all that, the other day I was picking up trash in, in uh, Pavia. Pavia? Jeremy said, uh, yeah. media, Jeremy Pavia said, uh, why is it uh, this is the second time that I've seen you doing it? What's going on? I was just like, I, I just, I'm just doing what needs to be done. It ain't like my job. I didn't sign up for none of this. And I think a lot of us in life have this whole like what I signed up for, what I want. I'm like, it's not about what you think you need or want or what you signed up for. It's about doing what needs to be done. And those are people like execution. Gary V, execution. Yep. Eric Thomas, execution. The people who talk, who've been there, who are doing it talk about execution but anyways i say that to say i didn't know what was right in front of me but you talk about that like seeing 100 feet in front of you with the headlights on then you go a little farther see a little bit more so what's crazy is nobel peace prize here we come what's oh here crazy? we go let's get it let's what's get crazy it. is so so i say yes i'm gonna do i'll do many uh dad you know i, I step into it 
walk into that role. I'm hanging out with these kids the whole week, kicking in. Like, these kids are bringing me life, bringing me joy. Um, some kids I'm hanging out with that are not in my cabin and whatnot, some homesick kids and all that. But what's really crazy, I was two cabin moms that were here that week because they were cabin moms with the girls, but their son, their mini dad, their mini boys were in my cabin. And not to mention the other 13 or 14 whose parents are literally like have me in their phone book right now and tell me like any and everything I need or if I go to Germany or wherever the hell they live, like let them know or reach out. Two cabin moms specifically throughout the whole week were always around. Uh, one of them literally called me last week and offered me a job in Florida. Uh, the other one, while we were still here that week, was like, "Hey, hey, come, uh, come talk to me when you get a chance." And I come up to Mundo's on the calf on the ca on the coffee shop porch. She has a whole page typed out in Google Docs, all her connects, all her network, people she knows, opportunities she thinks they'll be really good for me, people she knows within those opportunities that could be my connect, all these things, and had this whole conversation with me, asking me what I would. She basically, her, her literal words were, I want to help you conquer the world. I want to help you take over. This lady's emailing me right now, calling me, telling me, hey, uh, I need you to send me this or send me a link for this thing. Also, go on your LinkedIn, change this up, send it back to me. I'm going to start sharing this out. Like, those are things where if I would have been still at my job, couldn't go to Woolworths because these weeks don't work with my work schedule. Or, uh, I'm going to go to Pennsylvania, but I'm scared. Or... I'm here for two weeks and I'm tired. Let me go home. Uh, you know what? This work, oh, they're not paying me a lot. Oh, all, the, all those things are things that I would have not saw. I couldn't, you cannot plan and, and, and articulate those right. things. You know what I mean? And on top of that, Lord, only, only God knows like what that's going to lead to. The next step, the next 100 feet, the next 200 feet. For all I know, that, that's that's Nobel Peace Prize recommendation, nomination, or, or the person that knows the person or knows the person. And it's not about the Nobel Peace Prize. It's about the lives of people with impact. And, and that's, that's even with that, like, these are ladies who are powerful ladies in positions and have roles in two separate states that are pretty cool and are, and are legitimately telling me, like, what do you need for you, to, for you to be successful? Just from interacting with their kids. And honestly, all I did was love on those kids. That was my goal that week, love on these kids. Helped them have a great world experience. And I felt <laughs> doing more than what you're asked to do. Chris Hayden came up and said, will you do it? Yeah, sure. Dude, that's big, man. And that's that's something that's a part of your core. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they don't get that. It's not a, let me fake it. Let me do mm -hmm. this thing because it's going to give me this result. Right. It's a matter of integrity. Right. Come on. You know, let me do this because... This is the right thing to do. This is what resonates with me. This is what I truly believe in. Like, if you look at my walkie right there and you yeah. see on that lanyard, there's a couple of things on there. There's a couple of core values on the backhand side. And one of those core values is integrity. It's yep. impact, transformation, okay. leadership, integrity, and execution. You know what I mean? Because those, those are the things that are important, you know? Like, and yeah. you're not faking it to make it. I don't really like that when people say fake it to make it. Like, nah, get in touch with who you really who you are, are. Who you need to be. Right, because at the end of the day, if you're faking it to make it, that works for a little bit. But what's going to happen? You're going to get burnt out. Yeah. If you are doing what you're doing, like when I saw you interacting with those minis, you know what I mean? That was the Morris out there <laughs> chilling with the kids. Yeah. So the Morris could go all day right. because the Morris right. was just being the Morris. You right. know what I mean? You were being you. Yeah. So it worked. And it just happened that like you being you, these are your core values. This is what you care about. 
And those moms, you know what I mean? Females, they got that feminine energy. They pick right. up on energy real quick. Right. Like, they know if you're faking it. They know when you're genuine. And they saw that. They're like, dang. Like, that's why they're saying, like, yo, I just met you this week, but I'm going to help you conquer the world. Because right. I see it. It's real. Coming from you, it means something. Other people might say the same words you say, but they're not saying it from the same place. With you, it's, it's powerful, man. Right. It really, really is powerful. And... You know, I mean, one thing I like and I appreciate about you, we were having this conversation when we first met because Daryl Stingley was out here as well. Yeah. And the three of us, the brothers, were yeah. standing around yeah. talking a little <laughs> bit. We were talking about what it means to be kind of like a male role model and not just a male role model, but a black male role model yeah. being out here to represent what it means to be a man for guys coming from our community, from yeah. the African-American community, yeah. that we can show them there's another way. We're in these fringe sports and we're minorities amongst minorities. You know what I mean? Like BMXer is already, all right, you do something a little outside of the norm. Right. Parkour, you do a little right. something outside of the norm. Exactly. And now being the black guy in there, you show up to the meets, you show up to the jams, everyone's chilling and you look around the room and, oh, oh. shoot, there's only like two of us out yeah. there. 200 of us, but it's only two of us. Right. You know what I mean? So how important is it for you that you take on that leadership role for the young men in our community. Is that something you yeah. think about? I know we all care about everyone as an individual. Right. However, just being that representative that a young kid could look up to and say, he looks like me. Looks like I could be like that. Like that, that could be me. Like, oh my God, I could do it too. Yeah. You know, is that something you think about? I think about it all the time, bro. Um, so I'm from Alabama. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm riding BMX. I'm showing up to the skate parks with all these older, older white guys, you know, late teens, some adults. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm the excited. I'm, I have this energy I've had for most of my life. I've been a pretty happy kid, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't, it ain't just that one day. Like, so I'm, all, I'm showing up and I'm all excited. And I'm like, yeah, you know. So it's a little weird for them. Number one, it's like, who is this random black kid, like, from the hood pedaling up? from two miles down the road to projects, right? Um, and I even, yeah, you know, and um, and showing up. And so they were cool. It was cool to hang out with those guys. But I, I looked up on YouTube black BMX riders. Literally, I, mm. literally YouTube black BMX riders. It was some dudes in Cali. Then it was like uh, Edwin and Nigel in New York riding for Animal, which I'm so thankful to be able to say I, I got Animal parts on my bike, you know. Um, and... And so for me, it was like, those are dudes I watched, bro. Those are the people who inspired me. They looked like me and they did this. So with that being said, it's interesting because more love is love on everybody. I'm, I'm trying to love the world. To, can't love the world no more, you know. And being in these sports we in, it's definitely, I'm not always around a lot of black kids. I'm not always, especially not around a lot of uh, black boys who ride BMX. And so... Um, it's super cool being out here at camp because as much as I do, I'm going to be a smiling face. I want to impact everybody. When I see these little black boys out here, I'm like, good. They get to see me as somebody who is in a leadership position, somebody who is on staff, who's emceeing, who having an impact and kind of a face. But I'm positive. I'm not I'm not ignorant. I'm talking with some something. I'm hoping they're getting something when I talk. Um, and... Um, and it's happened. Like, it's just something that's just different. Um, they're able to see me 
uh, step into this role, they're able to see maybe what they can be. Maybe they can be more, motivate them to be more than what they even see me doing. Um, so interesting enough, like even this week, we had some moms here for the cheer side, some some young black girls. And every time I saw those moms, I made it my made it my 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 uh, my business. Made it made it my what am I trying to say? I made it my business to be super intentional about just saying hello, about smiling at them, telling these beautiful brown women, y'all beautiful, you know, like dread. I love your dreads. And, you know, you had your I yeah. had dreads for eight years. My boy Marlon just cut his yeah, dreads. Just right? cut mine two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> so it's like you know being intentional. When I see these little girls, it's, especially think about for these little black girls being here at this cheer camp in the middle of Pennsylvania with. All these girls, there are some talented kids here, bro. Being here for six weeks, you see crazy talent, crazy skill. A lot of these kids who come to Woodward, for me, me personally, I didn't. My mama didn't have money to spend. Send me to Woodward. Fourteen hundred dollars a month, right? I mean, a week, a week. not even a month. A week. a week. Some of these kids here for four or five weeks. That's a whole another brand. story. Whole another story. But you know, I see these little black girls. I, I I do my I do my best to hug them, high five them, hug them, high five them, tell them. You know, hey y'all are beautiful, y'all gonna change the world, y'all are y'all are talented, y'all are skilled, y'all are great. You just crazy, it's crazy opportunity to be here, right? Because maybe where these little black girls from, they don't have a lot of black male figures that that say stuff like, like you're beautiful, you're great, you're talented, keep going, you make it far, change the world, take this energy back home with you. Um, and then maybe they only see, I mean, it could not be true, but for a lot of black culture, black kids that I know where I grew up, it was like a lot of the men who I saw growing up, bro, they still on the corner. I go back to the same area. Like, if I go back to Huntsville right now, go to Northwood Projects, bro. I kid you not. I know where Day Day them going to be. Yeah. I, Yo, I, you got Day Day too? I, we got Day Day. You know Day Day. I know where they're going to be. I know, like, they gonna, it's, it's the same people doing some of the same things. Oh. Or they're dead or in jail. And so for me to be, yeah, I'm doing something different. I look way different. My nieces and nephews, bro, I have 18. No, my sister just had a baby. I have 19 nieces and nephews. 19 kids that like that are looking at me like I'm I'm the one who made it, doing something different. It's famous and cool and YouTube and Instagram and positive and, and outside the box and travels and meets people and live life to the fullest. When my sisters, they... I, I, I ain't even going to say they can't do that, but it's way tougher for them to do that with kids and right, no, and no husbands and, and babies and, oh man, the whole nine yards, that's a whole different story. So um, me and my cousin, so real quick, it's me, Jeremy, and Justin, we're all three incongruent age, like, I'm, so I just turned 27, Justin 26, I'm 27, Jeremy 28. We all have degrees, we're all, we're all working on something, something something big, something more, uh, something impactful, something to, to change the world, something to build a legacy. And so I look at like, so me, Jeremy, and Justin, right? Like in all reality, as much as I hate to say it, we're, we're like the ones carrying our family in like, in the realm of like making a difference, doing something bigger than just surviving. Yes. Um, than just working to pay the bills, to work to pay the bills, to maybe go out and kick it for a little bit and then work and pay the bills again. Um, so I think about that a lot. I think about the fact that these little black boys around here, they see me and they look at me. And anytime I see them, I'm going to tell them, yo, y'all are cool. Yo, y'all are doing it. Yo, you're killing it. I'm going to shake their hand. I'm going to introduce myself. Like, I'm going to let them know I'm somebody here they can come to, they can talk to. I'm out here if you need anything from me. We in middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. I don't know where you're from. I don't care where you're from. It sure ain't from right here. Yeah. So like, yo, holler at me if you need anything. 
And um, I think it's just important for our culture, bro, for our communities. Um, it's cool because, you know, I go back home now and I'll, oh, Morris, the bike dude, doing the crazy stuff. He really doing it. They got respect for what we yeah. do, for, for like the, the route I've taken and the routes my cousin taken, my cousins have taken. Um, but because a lot of them aren't stepping outside of that traditional route or just like the, the daily hustle to survive, I think it's super, it's even more important that I'm being a face, that I'm being uh, intentional with these kids when they see me, you know. And that's brown, black, white, any color. But, you know, especially these young black boys, like I love being able to, I love the fact that I was a black person here. I love the fact that SoCo, SoCo Sunday mornings on registration, yep. when, it's, when we're, social coordinators are right there at the front entrance. When, I, when I'm out there, I love it. Black face, right? As I'm soon as you're walking. Yeah, you man. Walk it's, yo, it's important, man. Because you, we're really, you're giving them options. Like yeah. you're showing them, yo, there is another way to yeah. live. That's why when you go back into the hood and people see it, you know, like they kind of look at it and like, like damn, like he's really doing, doing it. it. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> it, man. Like I wish I could have. And it's like yeah. you can, but like, you know what I mean? Like you, when you, there's someone standing in front of you that's already done it, it makes it that much easier for you to do it. Right. It's like when we're when you're out there riding and somebody hits, you know, double tail whip. It's like, now right. it's like it kind of unlocks it for everybody else in that session right, right there. Because right. why? I just watched it happen. Mm. Like, oh, yo, that's that, like it's impossible to ride that staircase. So-and-so pulls up, hits Boom. the staircase. Now everybody's able to hit yep. it. You just unlocked it for all of us. So when you're out here, you're doing your thing. You know what I mean? You're unlocking the world mm. for little boys and girls who... Mm. You know, they felt like, oh, I couldn't do it because every time I saw it, the people I saw doing it, they didn't look like me. Right. Like, I can't do it. No, no, that's like, growing up, I don't know if I shared this story with you. I used to skateboard, right? Yeah. That's what I got into in middle school. I went to um, predominantly white middle school, like elementary schools in like my black neighborhood. Then my parents put me into a Catholic school. So I started getting into skateboarding. Okay. And I would skate with those kids out in their neighborhood. But then when I would want to keep practicing back in my neighborhood, I'm getting ragged on. Yeah. I'm hearing, yo, you can't do that. Like, we don't do that. What are black you doing? people, Black yeah. people don't do this. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, I literally, I got jumped twice for skateboarding. No. From my people. Wasn't And I was just like, who's telling you this? Like, why are you guys telling me this is something we can't do? Right. Who's telling you that we can't do this? Right. Because it made no sense to me. I was like, guys, like, if you haven't noticed, you know, like, we got two arms, two legs, we the same, like we the same as them. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know what I mean? We go into their sports and we do a little bit better, you know? But that's a whole nother story. But on the real, like it was just, it was so upsetting. Like, and I was young and it really hurt because I felt like an outsider in my own neighborhood. Exactly. At the same time, when I walked into the white neighborhoods, it was the first time I started to notice color because I was, like, I noticed something different. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm the thing that's different here. So I felt like an outsider in every realm I went to and I was like yo this isn't this isn't fair like for me to feel like I belong I either gotta change my skin which I can't do or I gotta go do something I don't wanna do I gotta go play basketball I don't wanna play ball just cause I'm a tall black kid I'm not trying to play ball that's it don't resonate with me skateboarding resonated with me so it was I didn't have that role model and it was funny that like I said all the kids from my neighborhood ragged on me for it until I got to about high school and what happened, Little Wayne. Little Wayne got on the skateboard oh, yeah. and what started happening, the culture started to change its mindset of, oh shoot, black people skateboard. Cause Little Wayne, 
you know, he actually started getting good he on it. He started kick flipping. He started grinding. He started started doing his thing. So they were like, oh, we could do this too. And then like Stevie Williams. I mean, if you got into the skate world, there were right. skaters there. But the majority needed to see a public figure like right. Little Wayne. Right. And then it became acceptable. And what I found were the people, the kids that ripped on me were now asking me for advice because I stuck through it. I didn't, I didn't back down when they started like yes, picking on me and yeah. all that stuff. I just found other places. I went away, did my own thing, and I kept pushing for me. Now they're asking me for help. And a part of me was like, dang, dude, really you asking me for help now? Like, you don't remember what you did to me? That hurt. And then a part of me was like, I can't hold on to this hatred. Right. Like, I got to let it go or else, like, it's not hurting you. It's hurting me. It's hurting us. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was just, it taught me a valuable lesson of if you believe in what you're doing, you need to keep doing it. You need to keep pushing because that day will come yep. where... You know what I mean? Like, the people that need it, it's going to be there for them. You're going to be there for them. You're going to be a better person mm-hmm. to help more because you didn't back down. You didn't get knocked down. You didn't let them pull you down. And now, instead, you can help lift them up. Yes, sir. And that's... We need more of that. We really... We need the world yeah. needs a yeah. lot more of that. And it needs right. the role models. It needs us living it not just talking about it it needs us being about it yeah. you know so 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 i was talking to diego and gavin earlier and one of the things that i even said then um actually i'm gonna I'm take it i'm gonna kick it old school real quick um in the bible there's the the lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread oh yeah and there we go like, so I was I was watching this video one time. It was, I don't know if it was a motivational speaker. It could have been like Eric Thomas, honestly. E.T. Bro, when I tell you, he broke it down. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Nothing that we have, nothing I have is for me. My bread, I don't get food in the morning so I can say I'm fat, I'm full, everybody else, good luck for you. No, that prayer is powerful. Give us this day our daily bread. Anything we have, bro, and everything we get, every, all the blessings, bro, experiences, knowledge, wisdom, monetary things, financial things, uh, material things, nothing I have is for me. Everything we have is ours. It's for the betterment of all of us. And when we start to get that mindset, shift away from the what I need for me right now, this um, this uh, self-centered uh, need-to-be-better mindset, when we get outside of that and we get into this whole, like, what do I have to give to this world? Mm-hmm. What, what seeds am I planting? How am I producing growth? How am I impacting the, the situation, environment, people, the building around me, the environment around me? That's why I feel like when we do start to get to that widespread of change, the, the love effect, the domino effect, right? It's not about me. Everything I have is for us. Now, does that mean to go and give everything you have away to everybody and be broke? No, it's, there's wisdom and there's ways to be smart and about decisions and choices and having discernment about where your time and energy belongs because you can't go throw your pearls a swine. You feel hey. me? Um, but, but that does mean that like, I get all the self-centeredness, everything you caught up in, your issues, your problems, your, the good stuff, you know, all your, your things you want to hold on to belong. Get outside of all that and realize like nothing I have is for me. Then it starts to be way more peaceful world. It kind of takes stress, takes the pressure off your shoulders. Right. I don't have to hold on, I don't have to perform, I have no expectations. All I have to do is be and help others be. Like that right there in itself is just like Yeah, that's big, man. And like that, I still think a lot of people haven't even tapped into that mindset. Because that mindset you're talking about, like, funny enough, or ironically enough, 
That's the mindset of the millionaires and the come billionaires. On, come on. It's the people <laughs> that understand, one, we got to come from a place of abundance. Like, yo, yep. there's more than more, enough way for more. everybody. Yep. Like, and then it's with that more than enough, it doesn't mean take it all in. It, take what you need and right. know that there's more out there right. for when you need it. Come on, yeah. That's where you got to be coming come from. On, yeah. That's why the companies will say take the money and just put it back into the company. Right. Give yourself a little paycheck, go live, and then put it right back. Keep right. growing this thing. Yep. A lot of people, the poor mindset or the poverty I'm going to be the poverty, poverty mindset, mindset is, yo, I need to uh, as much as I can yeah, right like, now. Because oh, I'm going to lose it all. So like, let me just keep. And right. it's like what ends up happening. You lose it all. You're trying to hoard it all. Right. You know, like it's it's not the way to grow. Right. It's not the way to grow financially. It's not the way to grow emotionally. It's not the way to grow mentally. Yeah. It's not the way to grow spiritually. Right. You got to take what you need and leave the rest. Right. And that's, Ooh, I find that's me. a hard thing for a lot of people. Because even just now, you, you kind of did a motion with your body that reminded me. A lot of us... We understand the world, the universe, the reality we live in. It's infinite, right? And we're constantly, you know, man wants to go into space, which I love. Right, like right. That's one of yeah, my dreams. I'm trying to go to space yes, before I die. Yes. You know, we want to keep expanding outwardly. And we always, it seems we forget, not always, but often it seems we forget that there's another reality that's internal, just world. as infinite, that yeah. you have access to, yes. that you can pull from. And both worlds are equally relevant and need to be explored. Yeah. And when you start exploring, when you find that balance to explore your internal reality, just as much as you explore your external, you can start to pull from inside and let that come out. And now that abundance is pouring out of you. Your cup come is on. full and you are in a better position to give. You know, like, right. you know, we talked about giving and, you know, the more you have, the more you can give, the more energy you have, the more you can work with the kids. The more money you have, the more you can donate. The more knowledge you have, the more you can teach. So when people, I think I find a lot of guys, young men, still come from that mindset of, you know, money is the root of all evil. Or if you want more, it means you're a bad person. Having more only amplifies who you are. That's how I view it. You know, more money doesn't turn you into a dirtbag. More money amplifies the human you were to begin with. Right. If you were a jerk, you're a bigger jerk with more money. Right. If you were a Mother Teresa, you're a bigger no. Mother Teresa. If I gave Mother Teresa a billion dollars, no. you think she's going to change up on us? You think she's going to be rolling around with Raris and bling on? Right. Like change, I, yeah. yeah, like it's, <laughs> No, she's going to be able to help yeah. more. So when we say we want to help more, that's our excuse for why I'm not trying to build myself bigger right. and why I don't need more right. money and oh, I don't need that, I'm good. Like, well, if you really want to be about this mission, you really want to help people, you you need to grow. You You owe it to the mission to grow. You owe it to yourself to grow. You know, like, if that's what you're saying you're really about, I'm just showing you that this is, by logic and by just spirit, this is is the way or one of the ways to go about doing it. And you could do it to scale. It's not just... You're local. You'll always be able to do it locally, but isn't it more of a powerful impact when someone across the world is hearing what you're saying or is touched by your actions? Tony Robbins' mission to feed a million turned into feed right. a billion. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and he's on it. And what does he do? Like, that's why he's gathering the money because yeah. he's good. Why is Bill Gates still gathering more money? Yeah. You know what I mean, he wants larger impact, yeah. and I get it. 
it's like, dang, dude, you just, <laughs> man, like, yeah, like I said, man, you speak energy, I speak energy, yeah. and like, it's resonated with me right now. Likewise, likewise, man, for sure. Um, I, I, butterfly effect. The butterfly flaps their wings on this side of the world and the other side of the world, the wind's blowing because of that one little movement of the butterfly. And and that's why I I hear like, and and especially when you bring up like the Mother Teresa, like Mother Teresa, she don't have a lot, you know, um, hypothetically she don't have a lot. Right. Right. But she's flapping her little wings and she's changing the world. Right. And so what is like a bigger, bigger wingspan look like? A bigger flap. If she has more resources, bigger wings, she's able to impact the world in these little ways. What she's impacting the world in a bigger way, how much does that affect the other side of the world? How much does it affect the people around us uh, in our communities, our culture, and all those things? Uh, that's just something that came to my mind. Just... You know what? I got a question for you, though, because you just sparked something. On, I think I would love to hear your opinion on it. Okay. Because like you said earlier, you're, you're a happy person. You're a happy individual. I've seen you. You've been pretty much smiles since <laughs> day one. In a perfect world, are you always happy? You know, like, is every day, like, golden and sunshine, like... Look, look, let me tell you how much <laughs> this is good timing, bro. It, today, us linking up just now and everything. Last night, um, last night I got a chance to ride the late night session, right? And, and between the either canteen hours or heel duty, you know, it's not always able... I'm not always able to ride the late night session. But I'm riding last night, and we were... Like, I'm riding... Probably the most I've rode straight for a time limit, like two and a half, three hours, in a long time. I haven't done that the whole time I've been at camp. You know, it's camp, you gotta pace yourself. We ride an hour here, there. We have a session here, chill, lunch session there, all these things. Last night we were riding from like 10 till 12, 30. Uh, homie was trying to trick uh, Chase at the time, kind of like let him like figure his trick out. So we were just still riding. Bro, I'm killing it. I'm learning. Like, I'm getting consistent with these truck drivers. I'm getting consistent, trying to work on my tail whips, realizing I have to, like, totally unlearn everything I learned and relearn them correct, which is tough. Bad habits, you know, backflips, one-hand T-box. I'm doing all these things back to back to back to back to back. Then I finally drop in, and I'm going to pedal across cloud nine to hit the vert and pedal back to the box jump. And it, like, this is... Said riding three, two and a half hours. It's late night. It's the end of night. I've been doing a bunch of riding. I'm literally pedaling, bro, and I'm pedaling hard. My handlebar literally just as I'm riding by hits the box jump just because tiredness, right? And hungry, everything else in between that hits the box jump. I like loop, swerve, like my hurt my wrist, jam my wrist. Didn't even fall, just got thrown wild on my bike. And then literally immediately it was like instant anger. I was like, what in the, like, grab my bike, threw my bike, like, like, out of all the things, like, you know, for some reason, yep. which for me, I'm a little bit more aware, aware, self-aware, or at least the past couple of years, I've had to grow in self-awareness, tired emores, hungry emores, <laughs> bad emores, like, emores, yeah, bro, when you're tired, take your butt to sleep, when you're hungry, stop what you're doing to eat food, um, it's a love-hate thing having an indoor park, and I was sponsored by the indoor park in Denver, Boy, once I'm off in the evenings, we would, I will be at the park from like four or five till till twelve, and go home, go to work, and do the same thing every day. And that's when I learned more about myself, more than I've learned. I feel like in the past couple of years, that through trial and error, realizing like, bro, when you're tired, you're more likely gonna be trying to trick, get mad, and start screaming, and that's out of character. That's not you. Or when you're hungry, you're more likely gonna fall and hurt because you don't have energy. 
to actually pull the trick. You're trying easy tricks. It's not about trying it harder or doing it different. It's about taking a break, getting some food, getting some energy. Like I learned a lot about myself through that, uh, through living in Denver and like having those resources and facilities at my expose at my disposal. With that being said, last night, man, like I just immediately after I threw my bike, I said, ah, "You tired? And, <laughs> and, you, and you hungry?" There so I was go. like, I went to the top of the box, like, and I just kind of grabbed my headphones. Like, Y'all, it's time to go. But like, they were looking at me like, "Whoa." Morris just got mad. Right. Like, yep. whoa. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, like, I'm a normal person. Right. It's right. part of part of the experience, normal the person, human experience. Bro. And that, you know, so I got, and that was me, like, showing my anger, you know, which it's late night. It's only staff. There's five, six people. I ain't like I'm cussing up a storm. I just got mad and threw it and kind of, like, maybe said something. And then started laughing the next minute, realizing, like, boy, like, go sit down somewhere. But um, in the perfect world, bro, like, I, it's funny. I, I really... Like, you know, we talk about fake it till you make it. Right. Like, don't fake it. Like, be genuine. Like, I really don't know where, somewhere along the lines, uh, one of my friends, Imani, she, I love this girl. Uh, every time I post a picture on Instagram or Snapchat or on my story, whatever, she always hit me with the black boy joy. And, and I'll be like, hey, you're the black boy joy, you know? Like, um, you know, I got other people who, who hit me with the, like, like, you know, you know, like you said, even just, just like energy, bro, like having like energy and like, yeah, like keeping it going or like being a light. I don't know where or who, like where I'm from, people don't walk around smiling. Like people don't walk around, yep. I smile, you like, what the hell? Why right, what's wrong with him? What's, Why, what's wrong with you? Yep. And like, you know, um, with that being said, bro, in a perfect world, no, I'm not always happy. Actually, even sometimes when you smile, you don't even be happy. Yo. You know what I mean? It's just like what you know. Like for me, it's literally just like what I know. Like it, like uh, TD Jakes. You know TD Jakes, yep. Bishop Bishop Jakes. I, I got a couple things downloaded on my phone that are like my, especially being in Pennsylvania, no service. It's like this is my right. You got to get your to, mindset right. right yo. TD Jakes has a message called where it's like you can find it on YouTube. TD Jakes, I almost quit. And he talked about mm -hmm. when he first started being a pastor, and he was a young pastor, how people criticize him, say this, say that, all these things. He was traveling, trying to trying to build his 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 ministry, trying to impact people's lives, like traveling and speaking here, speaking there, doing these things. And he talks about um quick version is a story about this lady at the end of one of his like preaching things where they were like, Hey, this lady outside, she's she's waiting on you. She's downstairs waiting on you. And he was like, Nobody knew it, but at that point in my career, I was, I told God that day, I, got, I literally looked in the mirror and was like, yo, God, like, and, like, I'm quitting. Like, I'm done with this. He said that night, this lady was sitting there waiting for him. They came down, hey, this lady's waiting for you. Five minutes later, they came, hey, this lady's down there waiting for you. And he was saying, like, he was trying to wait it out. Yeah, he was going to stay yep. upstairs. You know, it was still, you know, stuff going on. And then hopefully by the time he get down there, she's gone. Well, he go downstairs at the end of the night and this lady's sitting there. She said, Bishop Jakes. You know, you don't know me. He said she looked all sick and dealing, you know, whatever. He said, you don't know me. I've been in the hospital for the past five days, or six days or something. Uh, I got pregnant in my, in the wrong, and the baby was in the wrong tubes growing a baby. And like, I was dying on the inside out. The baby was killing me. I was in the hospital, all these things going on. And she said, the only thing that kept me going and kept me alive was hearing you preach, hearing your messages every day, hearing your encouragement, hearing your upliftment. And he said... Uh, and she said, I just want you to know it's not for them. It's not for nobody else. It's for us. Like, the reason you're doing it is for us. There's, there's a lot of us that need it, that you're keeping us going. 
And like even just that in general, bro, I get the chills every time. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? So I just gave me goosebumps chills, again, bro. bro. And and so I hear that and then he talk about he talks about how he got in the car and cried all the way home and then like three years later he was doing a book signing because he had a book called uh Crushed But Not Broken or something like that. Um and he was doing a book signing and this lady comes up to him in line looking great, looking good, clothes, body, healthy, well, came to buy his book. She bought his book, had him sign it, and then she said, you don't remember me, do you? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I meet a lot of people. No, not necessarily. She's like, I met you in the bottom of Donnie Mears Church that night after the preaching thing y'all was doing. And he said immediately he stopped the whole book sign and broke down in tears, stood up, cried, hanging on to her, holding her. And now he's crying, telling her, you're the only reason I'm still a pastor right now. I was about to quit that night. Yeah. You know, I was done. I wasn't gonna preach no more. Like, and it's like those things right there. And he said, um, so the reason I bring this up is he said, pastors are some of the people, and I feel like this goes for a lot leadership in general. How he words it, he says, pastors are some of the people that are able to get up, uh, give a message, give encouragement, give wisdom, and put a smile on even when they may not feel that on the in the on it. Maybe they feel like quitting on it. He felt yeah. like quitting. But he knew what he needed to do was encourage. He said, encourage, light, give this message. Like, it's for a reason, you know? And so I say all that to say, um, I don't, I'm not always happy, sunshine and butterflies, bro. Like, life, like, that's unreal. That's not real for nobody. And and even Walker, like, like I said, I don't even know why. Like, all I know is a smile. <laughs> like, I could be even feeling that. I could be trying to bike trick, be pissed and be angry and not be getting it. And then the next thing I think, the only thing that comes to my mind is, you should smile next time you try this. Yeah. I don't know why, bro. And then I like smile. And then I go, and a lot of times I actually get the trick. Um, and so I know I just said a lot in reference to your question. So to, to kind of sum that up, there's a couple things. Um, no, I'm not always happy, but it's not always about me and how I'm feeling my emotions. Like sometimes that smile that Morris has on his face is, is the smile that somebody needed. Sometimes that compliment that you didn't feel like giving was the compliment somebody needed. Or that's just the hug, the love that somebody that somebody needed. Um and, and so I feel like just naturally I've I've like I've built like such a like a, a mindset or just like a habits of just like like no like it don't matter what life looks like. Um and and, and then you know it don't matter what life looks like 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 smile and being a light is, is what's more powerful. Um, it's not about what you feel like. It's not about the criticism or the haters. It's for it's some, somebody out here. They, their whole life is, is dependent upon you being Morris and not being the crappy Morris, not the hungry, the tired Morris, to not feel like smiling, so I'm going to be angry today and walk around here pouting Morris. Like, no, like, bro, somebody's life, somebody's future is dependent on you being Morris. The Morris that shows up, yep. the Morris that smiles, the Morris that encouraged, the Morris that who you are in your core. Um, and then, uh, you know, to, to at the end of all that, the one thing I will say, and, and I'm not going to, it's kind of weird, you know, you're at Woodward and you got different like dynamics of what you can and you can't talk about. And some kids, it's cool because I've been able to kind of like share some of my more personal things, but like at the to the phone call? Right. How, do these, how do these mics pick up everything? <laughs> I can hear people down the street. Right. Let's get in there on the phone. Let's get in right. We hearing. <laughs> that, that's cool. But you um, call mom saying you love her. At the end of the day, bro, um, I mean, more than I was raised in the church, more than 
my grandma used to take us to Sunday school. Um, man, it's something about knowing God, bro. It's something about like, uh, I mean, all I've known, all I've read, all I've, all I've been conditioned, all I've been growing, all I've believed, like in my faith, in my core, like what I believe is, is uh, consider it all joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And produce, perseverance produces strength. And it just, like, consider it all joy. Like, and, and then don't get me wrong, because I be pissed off and angry and upset sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm like, bro, like, yo, bro, I know, I know God in heaven. I know I'm straight. Like, and at the end of the day, trials, tribulations, all this, bro, all this is so but a dot on the timeline. And it's all just perseverance. It's gonna, it's gonna make me stronger, wiser, better, more patient. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that's just kind of how I believe from from my just from my faith background. I think it having a foundation in the background in 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 the church and and hearing encouraging messages and sermons and reading the word for myself a lot. I think has definitely shifted and geared me to be this like joy this person of like yeah let's get it like life let's go and joy and then being older more mature and studying all sorts of different beliefs you know at this point in life and and finding and figuring out what i really believe right and shifting and shaking and and uh and, and being able to walk and talk with other people's belief systems and all those things have really just got me in a point where um i mean bro life is like life is great, bro. I literally wake up, I look out here every day, I'm like, I'm thankful. This place ain't perfect, but I'm thankful. I ain't got nothing to be pissed off about. I ain't gonna be angry. Even the stuff that I want to be pissed off or angry about is like, what's, hey, get over it. Yo, on. dude, that's, that's big. That's powerful, man. Like, I'm just like the whole time, <laughs> just I'm like, yo, like, we've been having these sort of conversations, but like, we haven't really had time to sit down and, right. Really right. get to have these sort of conversations right. and like go deep with it. And I appreciate hearing you say that, you know, like you recognize, yo, like I'm somebody's rock. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm somebody's foundation. Right. I can't break. You know, like a lot of people, they wish for leadership. They wish to be the Red Ranger. Huh. And they don't fully understand the gravity of what that is. Like, mm. honestly, if you want to be a leader and you're not a little bit afraid of it, you don't truly understand that leadership role. Right. If you're not a little intimidated by it, right. I don't think you truly understand what it means. Because that means even on your off days, the days when you feel the worst, you still got to show you're up. A leader. You got to lead. You got no clue what the next step is, but you still got to lead somebody because they're waiting for you yeah. to tell them where to go. Because without you, they are yeah. entirely lost in this moment. Yeah. And them being lost in that moment could potentially be it. That's yeah. the end. Yeah. So they need you. And you at the same time need something else, but right. you gotta dig deeper and you pull that something else from within. Right. You know what I mean? And like that's right. that's just it's the trait of leadership that I feel is most needed and that, you know, from you I'm seeing it and hearing you say that, yeah, yo, Morris isn't always happy. Right. Even when the smile's on my face, I'm not always happy. <laughs> and I used to ask myself, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, like my little brain at the time couldn't fully comprehend it. Now I'm starting to get an idea or an appreciation for my bad days, for my negative days. I'm learning, oh, like one day, I swear to you, it slapped me in the face like just like a truck hitting me. I have these bad days 
so I can connect, so I can understand. I got to go through this so that later when I find someone who's going through it and they aren't yet strong enough to pull themselves out of it, I could relate to them. I could go back in there with them and show them how I came out. Or maybe not even show them how I came out, but just let them know you're not alone. Like you, I've been through this as well. This is... You will be okay. I can't tell you when you will be okay. Right. I guarantee you that if you keep going, don't run backwards. Keep going through it. You will make it out on the other side. You will be okay. How do I know? I went through it. I went through the same. Like Feelings are feelings. We all feel the same feelings. It doesn't matter why we're feeling the feelings. But we've all been there. You know, like I've always been someone that's relatively happy myself. I ride the emotion of neutral pretty well. So yeah, I always came good. back to that's a, a neutral place. space. Yeah, like... I got too excited or too low, I always came back to neutral. So I used to, it would irritate a lot of people, especially like people that are high emotion. You know, like I would irritate them because I wouldn't be reacting in a way that they right. expected or they right. wanted. And, you know, like, yo, are you even having a good time here? Like, no, I'm having a great time. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, no, right. like, you know, this is fun. I'm having the best day yo. of my life. <laughs> like, it's just straight face. And I respect it, though. It's it's powerful yeah. to have that. And, and for me, bro, in the past, and even sometimes right now, in the current, in the, in the present, I should say, bro, it's super high highs, super low lows. So I have to reality check myself and be like, yeah. Like, right, nah, let's like, come back to, where are yeah. we? Where's the balance point? And then when you feel your, when it, more, it's when you feel yourself on this like emotional high or emotional low or even this like the, the trap for that starting, and how do we bring ourselves back to like a fine tooth? Right. What, what is my mind, heart, body, soul, knee right now? Right, how do I get back to balance? And that's the thing. People think balance is you get there and then you've achieved balance. You've achieved nirvana. You've achieved what we all know from, like, bikes. You know what I mean? Like, you get to the balance point, what do you got to do, though? You got to keep making little micro adjustments to keep it going. Like, that wheelie don't, you don't just get to that wheelie and you're locked. Like, Mm. nah, man. Like, you figure Mm. out that balance point. Like, when you just sit in there and you bounce on the bike, little little shake here and there to the left (laughs) and right and... You keep in the same thing when I'm walking on a rail. Like exactly. I don't just hit the magic balance point and boom, I'm good. It's ankles are moving, knees are moving, hips are moving. I'm doing a little bit here and there to keep me balanced. And that's the thing. A lot of people have that in their mind that like, yo, once you get there, you're there. Like, no, it's a daily lifetime endeavor. Right. You are doing this consistently. What's going to happen is you're going to get better at it, but you're always going to be doing it. Yes, and yes. you need to not be afraid of that. You need to not run away from that. And, you know, like, letting people know that within that balance, no matter how good you get, you're still going to fall one day. Right. You're always going to fall. But, like, what matters is what do you do after you the fall? Comeback, yes. You know what I mean? Like, how do you respond? And, like, that's why I like to ride neutral. Because when I'm at neutral, I find I make the best responses to anything, to my mistakes, to my good days, to my bad days. And that throws people off for a little bit of a loop because I say, like, wait, come down from the good days? Like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you ever go out and have a night of drinking or you're just super excited and you and your buddies make a plan for the next day and everyone's like, yo, let's do this, let's do this, let's do that. (laughs) Then the next morning you're like, no, that's a horrible idea. I don't want to do that. Like, well, you were riding a a very positive high high last night. Yeah, last night you were feeling good. Everything was good. The vibes were good. But that plan doesn't really make sense for the long run for you yes, yeah. so the same way you wouldn't make a lifelong decision from a place of depression 
Right. You don't want to make a lifelong decision or an important decision from a place of like, oh, I'm just feeling like on the Ecstasy. on top of the yeah. world today. Yeah, yeah exactly. like I'm riding yeah. this this high. You know, like we got to come back to that place of neutral and we experience the highs and the lows mm -hmm. so that we can go further to help more and really connect to one another, you know, because I can't talk to you about your experiences if I haven't quite been there, or I can, but isn't it way more powerful when you're talking to an individual who's been through what you've been through? Bro. You know, for me to talk to my friends about, you know, asking girls out and I never asked a girl out, right. you know, they're gonna be looking right. at me like, boy, what do you talk, what right. do you know about that? We can, we can turn around right now and look at these little rolling hills, bro, and I can say, Marlon, take me to that peak, that one tree up there, and you're gonna say, I mean, I don't know, you've been here for a couple years, you might say, okay, cool, let's do it, but you might also say, I have never been there before. Right. And so it's gonna be a thing where we either walking together, figuring out along the way, but if you've been there before, you're gonna say, all right, come let's on, go. let me show you how to get there. Yup, let me show you my way up there. Let me show I you got my way. you. Right. So I, I, I wanted to ask you this question then. So uh, what has been, what is something that you fear like you fear when you're when you're about to start taking start taking big steps when you're about to start like making this next move what is what are the things that try to come into your life as points of fear mm -hmm. dude that's a big question because i give a fear setting seminar weekly to these kids so i have a relationship with being afraid mm -hmm. and what do i do in those moments and how do i step forward to the best of my ability Something that I'm big time afraid of is starting a mission and creating a following and now getting people to follow me and believe in me and I start leading them and not seeing it through to the end, taking people out into the desert and not getting them to the oasis, not getting them back to safety. That is something that I work with and that's why I stay on top of myself to make sure, like, yo, are you sure? This right. is what I check in constantly. Are you sure you want to go forward? Because right now, cool, you already you just got them to a little oasis. You found a little pocket. And who it's safe here. Like, <laughs> are you sure you're ready to venture back out into the unknown again yeah. and take them with you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's something when I have people that I work very closely with, I communicate this to them. Like I say to them, guys, like, all right. From here, going forward again, we're back into venturing into the unknown. Now I'm, I'm down to be the captain. I want to be the captain. I love that role. Like I genuinely, like, even today, I was sitting here thinking to myself, "Wow, like maybe I should love this role a little less because maybe me loving the role of leader is actually impairing how good of a leader I could possibly be." Like I do want to be the Red Power Ranger, right. but maybe, I maybe I should want it a little less. Like maybe right. that's affecting right. my ability to lead. Maybe I'm blinded because yeah. I want to be the one calling the shots. You know, because sometimes the Red Power Ranger says to Blue Power Rangers, like, yo, you need to run this mission today. Right. And I need to back off and you tell me what to do. You need to be the leader. Right. So a big thing that I'm afraid of, like I said, is just taking those people out there and just failing them, really, and failing them to the point where they run away and they get lost in the desert. And they just don't know what to do and I was the one that put them there mm. you know so like I'm big on intention everything I do I feel that if I kind of back up my actions with good intention 
that's something that allows me to sleep at night, knowing that, okay, like, even if you made the wrong choice, it was in your heart. Like, you genuinely came from a place of believing you were helping or you believed you were helping. Not even not trying to help. You believed that this was the best action in that moment to take. So that allows me to push through and step into the unknown, kind of taking into account that in this moment, this was the best choice I could have made with what I had. And just knowing that nobody has it figured out, reminding myself that, you know, if it were easy, one, it might not be worth doing, and then it wouldn't need to be done. You know, it's hard, and that's why I have to do it. Because if I won't do it, who will? You know, like, it's hard, you know? It is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, the hardest mission I've ever taken on, trying to lead, like yourself, I'm trying to, grow a brand, witness this, which way you guys are listening to this right now, that is, I'm trying to grow that brand to the scale of Woodward and then bigger. I'm trying to grow it. Yes, sir. I knew about witness this before I ever even met you, before I ever even came to Woodward. Yo, don't you be saying that to me, man. Before, and I can't even tell you where or why, but, and I'm pretty sure it's online, Instagram presence or something Colorado people what I don't know who in my life I don't know bro but I knew about witness this and when I when I made the the connection that witness this was Marlon I was like ooh yo ooh, witness this baby I'm witnessing it right dude, now dude that's really, that's big man so, I appreciate yeah, hearing right. that big time yes, cuz yes, I'm trying to grow bro. this into a billion dollar industry yes. you know like I truly a billion dollar brand, brand because yeah. there are people out there that are like-minded and they need community and they need to be connected and they don't know about each other and they don't know how to find each other. And I think of it as, you know, when you're out at the airport and you see somebody wearing a Thrasher hoodie or a Woodward hoodie or Penn State hoodie, you don't know anything about that individual. However, you know you two share a bond. That's your icebreaker. That's your reason to go over and introduce yourself. And that lets you know you're not alone out here. So I want to grow something like that for these people in this fringe sport who are great individuals, who care about the core values, who care about the transformation, the integrity, the... Um, the execution, the leadership, you know, like I, I want to, I want these people to be able to find each other yeah. because while you're out there working on your mission, it gets lonely. Yeah. I mean, you're out there grinding, you, you're doing the things you have to do, which half the time means you don't have time necessarily for the social life and you don't have time to just go out there and always wander into these amazing experiences. Exactly. So how can I make it a little bit more efficient for us to find one another? And then on top of that, the people that are within our community that are pushing the athleticism, that are pushing their bodies to the absolute limit, how do we create a platform that allows them to do that and provides for their livelihood? You know, like we're here at Woodward where we're watching some of the greatest athletes in the world. Some of them are young, some of them are older. They're amazing. However, at some point I have to recognize like, dang, a lot of you are going to have to give this up because real life will beckon, because there hasn't been a big enough foundation or infrastructure for your sport, for your niche, that will allow you to continue doing this. Skateboarding is getting there where we can allow athletes to be sponsored skateboard athletes and they can live this life. However, you know, BMX, I'm finding out, isn't fully there yet. I'm finding out that 
Oh, we're getting delivered pizza. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That is amazing. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about it. It's fine. Right? What? What to, that Thank is you. amazing. Yeah. Sorry about that interruption, guys, but we just got delivered pizza with my favorite food. Let's go. But you know, like there hasn't been an infrastructure built for a lot of these sports. So a lot of these kids right. don't necessarily have anything to go towards. You know, they're just getting better and better and better to when they have to abandon it all. Right. And it's right. it's a waste of potential. It's a waste of talent. And it's up to guys like us to build something for them when we can say, okay, like, we've built this platform for you to come and stand on and for you to have opportunity. We create opportunity for you. For you. And that's big. That's a yeah. big part of my mission here, like, learning yeah. to be a better no, leader. I feel it. Learning to be I an opportunity it. creator. I feel it. You know, so even since I met you here, um, and just having these conversations, seeing you kicking it at the park or park up there, how you interact and work with your your specific students, but also just kids as a general in general, I've already told myself like Marlon is somebody who 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 possesses qualities and traits that you that Yui Morris could learn and grow from. Like I see I see like your vision, your your mindset. Like you talk about building your mind, but just the same how you say like you feel energy, the same, bro. Like I I can I can tell that your mind is being built, that you are working, that you are building something bigger also. And one thing that uh is just now coming to my mind, one thing that's coming to my mind is you said you were fearful of leaving people out and then you know, then and and not being able to fulfill whatever expectations, for lack of better words, right? Um, I think in your mission, in your mission to build this platform, as you take people along the way, like I think about how many people, people start a movement from beginning to end. How many of those original people are still there at the end? Probably not the founding 100. It's maybe generational their grandkids, if it's a long time span of time before the tree is is, is right. seen or, or has sprouted but even then it's people who have been introduced or or uh, been impacted by or or told or networked through or um, passed into the circle as people flood, flutter out and flutter in uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like you're you're doing it like you are you are leading people you are building a platform for people to be able to thrive and grow and be connected and and the the point i'm trying to get to here is like maybe some of the people who we expect to be there or to to that we're guiding and leading uh maybe they get what they need from us maybe you've like you know like like you've given them what you need to give them and you planted those seeds and and now they are now they are able to go and build and say like i have community i'm, I'm gaining i'm growing and 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 it shifts from them, from you being the Red Ranger, to them branching off and starting their own Rangerhood over here, right? Or, or partaking in, uh, you know, the Power Ranger in the U.S. And you know what? They gonna go start the 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 New Zealand team for the Rangers. You know, what I mean? whatever that may be. I just feel that um, in you having this like mindset, this 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 powerful, just outlook on life, like you're doing. Like you're doing exactly what you're telling me you want to do, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I just see, I see you building people up. I see you helping people 
be the better version of themselves, be the better athlete of themselves. Um, and if anything else, like you left, when people leave your presence, they've left uh, edified, they left a better, they left better off because of their interactions with you. Um, whatever that means for the mission, I just feel like you're, you're walking in it and it's actually happening right now. I don't know, I, I don't see that, but yeah. Dude, you know, honestly, like, I appreciate hearing those words. Those are probably the kindest words I've ever heard. So I appreciate that big time. And things like that, kind of like the story you just shared about when the pastor was getting ready to give up and right. hearing those kind of things. Like, I tell people, like, those are the things that keep me going. Because just last night I had one of my students come up to me and, you know, just say, he, like, pulled me over in private and said, like, hey, just so you know, I just want to say thank you for the talk you gave on Thursday. You know, I needed to hear that. I was getting ready to do something really stupid on Friday that probably would have gotten me hurt and upset. And, you know, but I really thought about what we spoke about. And, mm. you know, like, I just, he said, I came over to just to tell you thank you. And I think you need to continue doing this and spreading these words because people out there like myself need to hear this. And that was just like, yeah. it's just fuel. It's fuel reminding me, like, okay, like, mm. you are on the right track. So, you know, like, I appreciate hearing that because it it just keeps the fire alive and it keeps mm. reassuring me that I am, what I'm doing is worthwhile and it's, right. you know, because, like, I'm sure you may know, like, you don't always get the praise when you do the right thing. You, you don't. Like, right. that's a part of the integrity, right. you know, like, right. you got to do the right thing even if nobody sees or says yep. You know, like, yeah. I think I told you the other night, or I told my roommate the other night, where, like, you know, my boss called me out two or three weeks ago. Not just my boss, the, the GM of Woodward called me out and said, like, hey, like, where are you on Saturdays? I, I don't see you. Like, are you even doing anything? And, dude, that hurt. Like, it, like, it hit my heart. Like, it genuinely, like, I didn't cry on the spot or nothing, but, like, <laughs> I felt yeah, it, man. Yeah. Like, I really, I was just like, wow, yo, like, because I really, I'm out here, like, I'm, I'm working with the kids. I'm right. moving their bags. Right. I'm cleaning up the garbage. Come I'm pulling now. the weeds out Come between the rocks. I'm, I'm doing this, but like, I'm not running around with a camera and a microphone and on Instagram showing it off. I'm just, just, I'm just doing, doing it. And you know, I'm upset that I'm sorry you didn't see me do it, but it's That's what I'm out there. Right. And so it, it hurt, but then it was just like, you know what? I had to check in with myself and like, are you doing this to be recognized? Or are you doing it because yes. this is you? Yes. I'm doing it because it's me. So like. I was able to let it kind of just slide off. So when I do get a little bit of appreciation or acknowledgement, I it goes yeah, a long way. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that same thing goes to you. Like you know I've been I've been seeing you out here, man, and you are on it. Like I swear everywhere I go, people know me more out here. Like they really, really do. Like you're being brought up at the directors' meetings. Mm. You know, your name is there and they're saying, like, yo, he's on top of it. Like, dude, that new guy Morris, like yeah, I like him. Everyone, I like him. Bro, you know what I mean? The kids like you. I'm watching you chill with the skaters. I'm watching you chill with the bikers. I'm watching you chill with the scooter. It doesn't matter. You're just chilling with people. Right. And that goes far because then they recognize, oh, yeah, I'm a scooter kid, but, like, I can hang out with anybody else because right. this guy doesn't even ride a scooter. And yet he's asking me about my tricks that he wants right. to see my new learns. He right. wants, he's interested in what I'm interested in. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's interested in me. And that's crazy. That's big, bro. Like, I appreciate sure. having you out here sure. as a presence because it makes me feel like I'm not alone out here. That, you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> bro, we about to be emotional on this podcast. I mean, you know, like, it's crazy because like, we've been what, going man? in, man. Like, like we, for real, dude. Like, like people don't even understand. Like, and like you said, we I don't I don't do anything for any recognition or, or credit or even, like I just I just want to do my part. But it's like, but like you you and maybe some of y'all out here can re- resonate also. Like, like, like it's 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 tiring. You put in work. You, like, bro, I was on the phone with my mom a minute ago. And, and like, I was, like, before I came to Woodward, like I said, no expectations or not even know what I got myself into or get myself into, I told myself that it's worth the sacrifice. Whatever it may be, it's worth the sacrifice. And some of the shit that's going on in my life right now, outside of this utopia that we're in. Yeah, this little snow globe, I, mean, it's, I feel it's you. It's like, ooh, Woodward. Like, some of the shit going on in my life, some of the stuff that I have to deal with on my phone every day, the family group message, my sisters, my 18, 19 nieces and nephews, my mama, my... My dog, my puppy that somebody is having to watch and having to pay for, you know, like yep. all these things, like, and, and not to mention just, just life, you know, in the everyday, like, just like wake up like, and like, just get on the grind, get on the checklist, get on the, like, people have no idea, bro, how it is sometimes. Like, I'm, like you want to be the Red Ranger, but don't know what it means to be the Red Ranger. Feel me? So, um, yeah. I, I likewise, bro. It makes me know I ain't out here alone. Man. We out here doing it, even <laughs> though, even though, especially out here, it's like yep. a zip by zip this way. Yo, what up? How you doing? Boom, boom, like moving, shaking all the time. We like seeing each other in passing, and then we get those spurts in between. Um, for real, dog. It's it's yeah, it's good. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. Dang. Yo, I feel like we could go all day, but I'm starting to feel like we're getting hungry. This pizza. She put the, the pizza, pizza in front of me. She put the pizza right here. She said, oh hey, my God. I saw her sneaking through the glass. I was like, oh, oh she's, she's coming, coming for us. So, you know, like, guys, I want to say thank you for listening. And Morris, I want to say thank you for yeah. giving your wisdom and even more importantly, your time. Yeah. That's something that you spent here with us today that you don't get back. And that's the most valuable currency you have to give. And I appreciate and respect mm-hmm. you for giving it today. And I hope that for those of you that were listening, you were able to get something of value out of hearing us speak and just really vibe and resonate off of one another. And if you did get anything of value, you know, like please share it with somebody else because. Odds are if you got something out of this, somebody else can get something out of this. So you're listening to this for free. All we're asking is share it with someone else who may also learn lessons from here. This can help someone you know turn everything around. This message might be made for them, and we need your help to get it to them. Um, Morris, for those that are interested in learning more about More Love, and learning more about you, where can they find you? Um, Instagram, really simple, more love brand, plain and simple. Um, also Instagram, Emoris Petty. That's not that simple because nobody in the world is named <laughs> Emoris except for me. But uh, and Emoris with an E. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know why I thought it was an I. I'm. I don't know. I'm maybe dyslexic when it comes to the alphabet or something. No, if that's dude, a thing. you're not alone, bro. I've gotten all sorts of um, of options. S'mores. Everybody loves s'mores. Chocolate marshmallows, graham crackers. Take the S and put an E. E. Morris. I'm the only E. Morris. It should pop up YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, those things. And, and we'd love to see you. We love your support. And uh, I appreciate appreciate y'all just taking the time to listen to us. Just kick it. Marlon, 
you know, like for the past, what I don't know how many weeks we've been saying it. Thank you for even just wanting to have me on this because um, this is your baby. This is your child. You feel me? And I know you're doing big things. And so you, you, you can't just be frivolous and let anybody come into that. And so I do appreciate you having me on the show too, for sure. Man, some good stuff. We out here. All right. <laughs> uh, now we about to, we're going to make sure this one saves. Yeah, hit that really yes. Wow, hopefully you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Hopefully you've taken the time already to check out Imoris on Instagram. You'll see that he is an amazing BMX athlete. And like I said before in the beginning, if you're getting any sort of value out of this, I mean anything, because we went in and we spoke about a lot, especially my favorite part was when we speak about just getting it done, just if it, you see it needs to be done, get it done. If that resonates with you and it really hit home, I want you to share this message. Share this podcast. Screenshot the page. Post it to your social media. Tag us in it and send it over to a friend. Make sure that they're opening up, listening, telling them, like, dude, you need to hear this. You know who your friends are. You know who's working on their missions. And, you know, some people just need that extra boost, that extra bit of motivation. I once heard that motivation is kind of like a shower. When you take a shower today, yeah, you're all cleaned up and you're ready to go. But you can't run on that same shower a week from now because, hey, you've gotten dirty again. You know, so that's why we're putting these out once a week. We want to give you something fresh and new consistently to keep you going and keep you on track. So thanks for listening. I will catch you guys next week when we talk to our next guest. I'm not sure who it is yet. Later.